Gremlin-infested town of Kingston Falls. It's the DigiGuys. And now, two guys who were tricked into feeding them after midnight, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Always love a good Gremlins reference. Corey, to whom do we owe that? That was sent in by Isaiah Sprius. I'm pretty sure that's a dish I ordered at the tapas place the other day. Mm. I didn't know that Corey ate tapas. I, can't I love of, tapas. I can't think of tapas now without thinking of La La Land. Actually, I can't think of anything without thinking of La La Land most of the time. There's a great tapas place in Santa Monica. Is there? Yeah. It's really? uh, Bar Pincho. You P-I-N-X-T-O. Just, you're just pulling that off the tapas of your head. Yeah, I'm going to miss those jokes. I know. Uh, so, Mark, we uh, we only have you for two more shows today That's and, true. And, the next, and next week. That's it. Well, yes. As a uh, – well. As true. As a, uh, as, as a sitting down in the same room with you, member of the because, DigiGods family. Uh, Joe Prestera wrote us and said, love the show as always, but it isn't going to be the same without Mark. Is there no way to keep uh, doing it together even from France? And I said, oh, yeah, we'll do it from time to time. Mark's not going away completely. He will be still part of the broader effort going forward, and uh, he's going to be our first EuroGod correspondent. Um, and, of course, the uh, the Synagogue site has launched, soft-launched. Yes, don't expect a lot. It is it is all cosmetically not perfect. Uh, still need to, to fix a lot of things here and there and, uh, and to get uh, all the mechanics uh, sorted out. But please let us know what you think and what you don't like. We need to know what you don't like. Gods at digigods.com. Uh, there is also going to be a gods at cinegods.com email address, which will uh, eventually supersede gods at digigods. You can always send something to gods at digigods, but we want to move everything over to uh, cinegods formally. So for now, gods at digigods.com. Take a look at cinegods.com. Tell us what you think. Go over to the cinegods Facebook page, please, and uh, like it and follow it, because eventually every post on the cinegods site and all of the DigiGods podcasts will be rolling up on the CineGods site. So we're also going to keep the DigiGods uh, group, which will be a separate thing. That's, a, that's a, still an invitation-only group for people who listen to the show and longtime listeners, and it's a community. And uh, that com- you know, uh, community will continue to exist and continue to thrive. And uh, you know, we, uh, we wanna, really want to keep that going because you guys are our base. And uh, we, we appreciate that, and you've been so loyal all these years, and we, we so deeply appreciate that. But we're, we're kind of trying to expand this, and there's, there's some posts already up on the uh, Synagogue site. Uh, more will follow, but we're, we're trying to work out the, you know, the kinks and the aesthetics and all of that right now. So a lot of things will be happening over the next uh, couple of weeks. And uh, Mark will be posting things from France. It'll be very exciting. It's a big transition time. I know. Yeah, synagogue launching. Yeah, yeah. Mark off to uh, off to. Well, he he. Okay, I, I just want to uh, clarify something. Yes. So, I am going in two weeks. I'm going to New York. Yes. For two weeks. For two weeks. Because I have a bat mitzvah to attend. Yes. I was hoping to go from Los Angeles directly to Paris. Yes. Uh, but I have to go to a bat mitzvah, so I will do that first, and then from the bat mitzvah. Maybe, you know, end of October, mm-hmm. I will then go to Paris. Okay. And very excited. 
because yeah. uh, first of all, I have somebody uh, perfect to rent my condo. All worked out. Very all worked happy. Out. Also, stroke of good luck. Yes. I will be living now. I cannot live in the same apartment as my girlfriend because she lives with her mother, right, and also her daughter. So there's a five-year-old, a thirty-nine-year-old, and a sixty-something in the same tiny apartment. Okay. However, that sounds like a good time, actually. Yeah. That sounds. Like or his company on that. I'm not yeah. staying there. <laughs> However, you know, seriously, do that. Write it up as a pilot. Sell it. Sitcom gold. Done. Call John Ritter. Okay. Oh, too soon. So, but we got lucky because there actually is an empty unit in her building, her small little French Parisian building. There's a guy who has not lived there for three years. In fact, when my girlfriend went to check the place out and the real estate agent opened up the door, the door to that place had not been opened in three years. Wow. And she sent me pictures that made it look like the place was kind of, was empty, but, and a little run down, but nice. Yeah. She said, in person, the place is disgusting. So let me tell you something. Yes. This is where I will be living for about three months. Okay. Now, it could be longer. Yeah. Because I believe that I can go to France for 90 days on my passport. I can go to drive to Switzerland, fly to New York for a slice of pizza, and then return to France, and that resets the 90-day clock. Okay. But whether it's three months or six months, whatever it's going to be, this is my living condition. Are you ready? Ready. So the shower. Yeah. No ventilation in the shower. Right. It's a very old shower. Okay. So it's got one of the it's, it's got the handle. You know, you hold it in your mm-hmm. hand. And you sure. Sh- which I hate. Sure. Now newer French showers, you can actually simulate it. You can simulate a, an American shower because the rod goes all the way up, and you oh. can you can move the nozzle, the hand the hand nozzle up okay. up 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 until it kind of simulates sure. an American shower. Yes. This shower it's too old. It doesn't have that. Okay. So I will be holding a nozzle in my hand and spraying water on myself for the next three to six months. And get this, even yes. better. Are you ready mm-hmm. for the piece de resistance? Ready, ready. The bathroom, the toilet. Yes. Not in the unit. Yes. So there is a toilet. Now it is private to my is mm-hmm. it is private to that unit. Mm-hmm. I have to open the front door to my unit, mm-hmm. take three steps mm-hmm. in the cold mm-hmm. winter French mm-hmm. hallway mm-hmm. into a private toilet. Mm-hmm. Sweet. It's it's really horrible. And and no, no, get and then get this. So I said <laughs> I said this is gonna be a long show. So I have so much to do before I go. Well, then we got to hold. Yes, carry on. So, I said to my, uh, I said, so how much is this place? It's about six hundred and eighty euros, <laughs> which is about whatever, maybe eight. Sure. Figure eight hundred bucks a month. Eight hundred bucks. So I go, are you shitting me? <laughs> First of all, the, the place is disgusting. No, it's three years worth of dust and dirt. Yes. The shower has no ventilation. The toilet is outside the unit, and yeah. you want to charge me eight hundred bucks a month. You're out of your you're out of your mind. Yeah. So I said to her, I go, I said to my girlfriend, I go, look, you've got to get medieval on them. Because yeah. you you you've got to get American. You've got to say, <laughs> Are you shitting me? Try again. Right? So she gets it down from six eighty euros yeah. to five fifty. Well that's not bad. This is a significant savings. Yeah. Get this gets better. Yeah. Because I cannot rent an apartment in France because yeah. I don't have a permit, I'm not yeah. a citizen, I'm nothing. Right. Sure. She can. Sure. However, yeah. she's unemployed. Uh-huh. Which means that she can apply and No. What? I know what you no, go on. I know what you're gonna say. Go on. Go and ahead. she can get 190 euros a month of government assistance to live yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Which of course would then go to me. Yeah. So I'm it, it could be that I'm spending 
five five hundred fifty euros yes. a month to live in this place. Yes. At least. Yes. Or at the most, let's say at the most. Yeah. With the possibility. Of 190 euros knocked off that because yeah. she gets government assistance because right. the unit has to be in her name. Yep. So if I'm literally living in France so for be... $450, $500 a month. It'll be about $500 a month. I will maximize that crap. <laughs> I will live there every possible day I can because, come on, it's, it's cheaper than living here. $500 a month. Yes. That's amazing. Look, the apartment I lived in in Marseille, which I was very fond of. Uh, but the apartment in Marseille w- was, uh, it had to be at least 100 years old, probably more. Brick floor that had not been changed since it was built. Second story, right? Like everything else in those buildings, you kind of walk up the spiral staircase. And fortunately, it was not on the ninth floor. This was not that big of a building. So it was, you know, second floor, two floors. And uh, I had a lovely garden I would never go out into. The glass panes were so old because glass is a liquid. You know that, right? Yes, it's considered a liquid. Yes. It's just it's a very, very thick liquid that takes a long time to flow, but glass is a liquid. So the, the panes were so old that you look at them, and they were thicker. Noticeably, they were probably about a quarter of an inch thick on the bottom and maybe an eighth of an inch thick, if that, at the top. So if you tapped it at the top, it would shatter. It was so thin. The glass was so thin. Because it had all flowed. I mean, it sure. was glass that had not been changed in, in you know, 100 and some years, and, which meant the place got incredibly cold as well because there was no insulation. And uh, the brick floor was horribly cold, and uh, we couldn't figure out actually how to get the, uh, the furnace going because it was some 1951 furnace contraption. So we used to leave the oven open to heat the place, which, was, which is, you're not supposed to do. No, not you're not. A, supposed, no. And, then, and then you fall asleep yeah. with the oven on. Yeah, but uh, my we it had a bidet, which you will you will, do you have a bidet in this place? It, it it's a regular toilet. Bidets are awesome. You know what the best thing you you can do with with a bidet. If the, I mean I don't know if your place has all the amenities that ours did, but uh, for entertainment, using a bidet to drown mice, awesome. Oh God, I hope there's no. <laughs> Rats or spiders or cockroaches yeah. in this place. Not that we tried to drown them. You know, we thought we'd watch the mice swim. We thought we'd be, you know, because mice can swim. But like Battle of the Network mice. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Have a whole kind of like Olympic yeah. competition. Yeah. And by the way, she sent me photos. Look, of this I was place. in my twenties. Give me a break. She sent me photos of this place, and I said, "This place looks okay, except for the except for the shower and the toilet. It looks yeah. fine." But then she said, "No, you weren't in it." I mean, the walls were white. You know, there was nothing in it. It was empty and white. It looked fine to me in photos. And she said, no, it's disgusting. And I said, you know what? They got to clean it up. They got to clean that up. They got to clean up the bathroom. The mattress is, I guess, it is like it is worse than any Times Square in the <laughs> 1980s whorehouse mattress. Right? So they got to get rid of the mattress. So And burn it. And burn it. Yeah. What are they going to do with it? Whatever they do with mattresses in France, do it twice. Because yeah. the thing is disgusting. And so she's to her credit, my girlfriend's credit, she's she's stepping up to the plate on that. That's great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so to make a short story long, um, I am uh, uh, I'm going. I'll be in France by the end of October. Very exciting. Uh, I have somebody to rent my place who's looks like she's perfect. I'm Would gonna you... live in my girlfriend's building, which is great. I want you to do I want you to do three things for me. Eat. Okay. I want you to do three things for me. Actually, four things. Uh, send me a picture of yourself uh, eating a, a pain au chocolat at uh, Poilan. Okay. Well, you'll have to send me that name. I don't okay, know Poilan. You'll learn, you'll learn it. Poilan is where you go when you're in Paris to get croissants and, and anything with butter and, and pastry what, in it. Poilan like Bridge? P-O-I-L-A-N-E. A has okay. the little circumflex on it. Uh, you got to go. Uh, number two, 
Send me a picture of yourself drinking Badois. Number three. What, bath water? What is that? Badois, sparkling water. Number three, send me send, you, send a picture of yourself drinking Orangina Rouge. Ooh. That's blood orange, Orangina. Wait, do they make that now? Yeah, okay. for years. Interesting. And number four, most importantly, will you will you FaceTime me from FNAC? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll FaceTime you from wherever you want. Okay. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to the FNAC in Montparnasse. They got that nice one there. Well, they have, they, have a, they have a nice one in Montparnasse because I'll be spending a lot of time there because, yes. you know, it's a, it's a cool area, a lot of hip stuff going. It'll be exciting. I mean, oh, Montparnasse you know, here's the thing. I'm, I'm very nervous. I'm nervous because Good. I have quit my very lucrative job. Yes. Basically, I'm having a midlife crisis. Yeah. I quit my lucrative job, rented my place yep. with no prospects for future employment mm-hmm. and said, F it, I'm going to France for three months. Pretty great. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna jump in here. We're gonna uh, we're gonna start off with some music. Mark's got some some music stuff, and he he always enjoys doing uh, that. Mark has always... to see if his sausage is ready. Oh, go! Oh, the, 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 we're working blue now, are we? Oh, it's good. Okay. Uh, we're gonna start off with uh, with a little bit of music. Uh, I'm gonna talk about Friar Alessandro, the voice from Assisi from PBS. If you are not familiar with Friar Alessandro, this guy's unbelievable. Uh, this was a television concert where this very famous uh, friar in, in the, gives a one-man concert from the Basilica of St. Francis in Assisi uh, in Italy, which has some of the most amazing, uh, it's the burial place of St. Francis, has some amazing acoustics, and especially for, uh, for you know, uh, liturgical singing and chanting. And uh, this guy's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. I'm a big fan of this kind of liturgical music. Uh, there is a, 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 a Lebanese-French uh, nun by the name of uh, Marie K. Ruse, K E Y, K E H Y R O U Z, I believe it is, who is uh, just amazing. Uh, she she does um, Byzantine chant, which is extraordinary. And uh, Friar Alessandro, kind of in the same ballpark. Uh, he here is accompanied by the orchestra of Camera de Perugia and the choir of the Basilica, and a children's choir. Uh, which is just, it's a beautiful concert. If you like this kind of stuff, you will just, you'll be so inspired. It's absolutely wonderful. And that is from PBS. How's your sausage? You want water, don't you? Uh, yeah, sure. But you know what, talk, don't worry about me and water. Just uh, hit, with the, hit, hit us with some, uh, some stones. Hit me with your best shot? With some stones and stuff. Stones! And, and Let me tell you something, folks. This is uh, at the Fonda, now the Fonda Theater in um, California is a really, really cool place to see a show. It's not that big. I've been there once or twice. It's not that big. I did not go to this, but I, uh, you know, it's... Um, it's the Peter Fonda Theater. Huh? The Peter Fonda Theater? It's just called the Fonda Theater. Oh. It's okay. the Henry Fonda Theater. Oh, okay. It's the whatever theater. Okay. Not exactly. the... Uh... Okay. Anyway, so the band performed the entire Sticky Fingers album, and we all love the Sticky Fingers album. So many great songs from that, Wild Horses, and When the Whip Comes Down, blah, blah, blah. So if you uh, love the Stones, and this is from 2015... I would have loved to, you know what, it's funny, I would have killed to attend this. In fact, I would have killed to even know this was happening. Because I've gotten to the age now, you know like when you're younger, you know all the artists who are in town touring? Oh my God, XYZ's in town. Oh my God, I can't believe they're in town, I just read about it. I'm at the age now where I don't know who's in town. I just, things just happen and I don't know know. what's going on. I know. I'm too busy with life. I know. So if I had known the Stones were at the Fonda Theater, I would have jumped at it. In fact, when I'm in New York, I will not be able to do this, it'll be too expensive. But for the two weeks I'm in New York, it's going to be during Bruce Springsteen's run on Broadway. Have you heard this, Wade? Yeah. 
Springsteen has a multi-month mm -hmm. run on Broadway in a, in, a, in, a, in a theater that seats less than a thousand people. That's pretty great. Broad, I mean, it's like literally, it's it less oh, less people than like uh, than the the Village Theater in Westwood. Sure, fantastic. Know? And it's tickets are going for thousands of dollars, and it's it's early in the run when I'm going to be in New York, so I doubt I'll be able to afford a ticket or even get a ticket. But um, anyway, so this is great. This is fantastic. Highly recommended. Um, Sticky Fingers Live at the Fonda Theater in 2015. Uh, then we also have Jeff Beck. I saw Jeff Beck um, at the Hollywood Bowl recently. Um, in fact, when was this? Did I go to this concert? <laughs> in the summer of... Two you know what? I might have gone to this. Wait, hang on. <laughs> Wait a minute. Stop. The Don't stop. The talk about something else. I may have gone to this concert. I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> i got to check this out. Go talk about something. Okay, all right. Well, I'm Mark, not I'm going to re I'm going to research this, and I'm going to see whether I actually showed up to this goddamn concert. Because <laughs> I went to go see because I went to go see Jeff Beck and Buddy Guy at the Hollywood Bowl last summer, and this is what this is. You now you now you, but you don't <laughs> re you don't remember exactly. I don't know which day. I, you know, uh, well, I'm not sure which day this was recorded. I'm sure I can find out. You keep a calendar. It says right on there. Well, it just says the summer of 2015. All right, you know what? Go go talk about some stupid kid bit okay. crap, and I'll, I'll find out. Well, I'll, I'll, dive, I'll dig us into some movies first. Uh, 47 Meters Down. It's amazing how, you know, 40 years after Jaws, we're still making shark movies. Uh, 47 Meters Down, and they're not as good. 47 Meters Down is a shark movie that was originally going to rele be released as In the Deep. This is a fascinating thing. Uh, we were prepared probably eight months ago to do a review of a Dimension movie that was going straight to DVD called In the Deep. And uh, it was, you know, shark movie. And literally, it was set aside. It was, it was logged. It was ready to go. It was set there for us to cover on the show. And we get an email that says, okay, uh, it's not being released. It's been pulled from release. It has, uh, Byron Allen has acquired it for theatrical release. And Byron Allen, of course, runs Entertainment Studios. And remember, they were in the bidding for, uh, for uh, uh, Birth of a Nation, yeah, which right. wound up not doing much. And I'm sure they are glad they didn't uh, pay out the nose for it. I know. But in any case, they did acquire 47 Meters Down, which was originally in the – well, was originally 47 Meters Down. Name was changed to In the Deep by Dimension for home release. And then when Byron Allen picked it up for theatrical, they – changed it back to 47 meters down to the original title so two movies are the same and uh it is now being released and uh, because it had a theatrical release not just as a straight to video dvd but as a blu-ray dvd and digital hd ultraviolet uh combo and uh how is the movie is it worth uh, all the the drama that i just let into uh, sort of, kind of. I mean, it's, uh, you know, compared to other shark movies, like what was the Rennie Harlan one from a couple of years ago? Oh, I like that one. Yeah. That's the one where Sam Jackson gets eaten suddenly. Yeah. It's uh, the, Deep Blue Sea or something? The like Deep Blue Sea, that's it. Uh, I actually think this is better. I think this is, uh, it's smaller, it's more contained. Uh, and the idea that you have, a, you know, it's not just sharks going after people. The idea is you got, you know, Mandy Moore and... Uh, uh, Claire Holt. So yeah, she's like, an, she's like a new... Uh, she's on the originals. It girl kind of... Yeah. So Mandy Moore and Claire Holt are play sisters. And uh, they are on a diving expedition, and uh, they wind up being trapped and surrounded by sharks at the same time. So there's, you know, they're, they're in, the, in one of those cages, those shark cages, and, you know, it's... It, and that makes the whole thing much more interesting. It's a little more claustrophobic. It's kind of like wait until dark, right? It's like one of those old claustrophobic uh, 
you're trapped, you're, you're Audrey Hepburn and you're blind and Alan Arkin's trying to kill you kind of and thing. Except in this case, you know, it's Audrey Hepburn and her sister and they're underwater and Alan Arkin is a bunch of sharks. That's basically what you got going on. So, uh, I, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, it, it's well done. It's really well put together. It works particularly well in a home environment and uh, I would recommend 47 Meters Down. Much to my surprise, it finds a new angle on the shark thing. Shark thing. Well, Mark, are you still researching your... Uh... I am. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I went on August 10th. You went on August 10th. Okay, I went on August 10th. Okay. I'm going to find out when this thing was when, when this thing was recorded. I mean, it was probably recorded over the over the uh, couple of days. It wasn't, yeah. I wasn't the same show, but let me see. I'm, very exci- I'm eating sausage and very excited. Okay, about. I'll keep going. Uh, Churchill with Brian Cox. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, the Untold Story of D-Day. So this is a Blu-ray from uh, E1 and Cohen. It comes in a nice, very nice sli- uh, slip cover. They're really making a making a big deal out of this. They throw a Peter Travers quote on the front of this. A must see. Um, I I can't really endorse this. So Churchill is all in the news again. He is both uh, front and center and in the background of a lot of movies. Whether it's you know your their finest or Dunkirk. Uh, or this, and then, you know, Darkest Hour with Gary Oldman playing Churchill coming up soon, Uh, or, you know, John Lithgow on The Crown. We're getting a lot of Churchill lately. So here's the thing. Brian Cox plays Churchill without all the makeup that Gary Oldman has on that is just so stunning. Uh, Does a respectable job of mastering the physical characteristics of Churchill, of giving us, you know, a a non-makeup-y Churchill. I appreciate that. Certainly has the bearing and the demeanor of Churchill. However, nothing about this movie is even remotely historically accurate. It is patently ridiculous. The whole point of this movie is they're planning D-Day, and Churchill keeps meddling with the generals and contradicting the generals, and he's afraid too many people are going to die. And Churchill comes off like some kind of, you know, sort of, he wants to, he wants to lead the men he, he wants to be there on the beach when they land. He wants to put the uniform on, and he wants to be that old guy again. He wants to go to combat. It's just all he does is sort of rant and rave and, and uh, be a big pain and a thorn in everybody's side through this whole movie, uh, which is not what transpired. I've got a lot of volumes of Churchill's on my bookshelf at home. I've read a lot of Churchill, extraordinary writer and historian. And uh, nothing re- depicted in this film is even remotely how it happened. It's, a, it's, just a, it's almost a slanderous oversimplification. Uh, Brian Cox does his best. Miranda Richardson uh, is, is good. John Slattery shows up in this as, uh, as Eisenhower. Uh, but uh, on, on balance, I, I, can't, uh, I just can't really get behind this. Uh, it's really unfortunate. I wanted to like this movie. I really did. But it just annoyed me. <clears throat> anyway... Well, here's uh, the thing, it's Wayne. got a featurette and a trailer, and uh, I can't recommend anything else about it. Well, here's the thing. Um, I was at this show. I don't know whether you were this, at this show. This well, was it. I you were know. at a version of this show. Well, here's the thing. He played a couple of nights. Yeah. <clears throat> but I do remember that the black guy, that Jan Hammer, yep, uh, came out and played the keyboard. Yeah. And he wore this blue shirt with the black stripes. And I remember that Buddy Guy wore that white shirt with the with the black dot. All right. So either they wore the same outfit. And all the nights there with the bowl, which could be true. Okay. But whatever. Anyway, what I'm saying is I was here. Okay. So Fair enough. If, if you get Jeff Beck live at the Hollywood Bowl, and uh, it's a two, uh, it's, a, it's a CD and Blu-ray set, if you uh, get, uh, if, if they take shots of the crowd, look for me. 
All right. Fair I, I, I was kidding, by the way. Okay. I know. You I knew that. You wouldn't be able to see it. I knew that. I know you did. Okay. Uh, so we've, we've got from Lionsgate a straight-to-DVD title, not on Blu-ray, called Girl in the Box, which is a little bit like 47 Meters Down, except without water and without sharks. Does that make sense? No. Okay. Well, that's where we are. Uh, anyway, it's, uh, no, this is, uh, it takes place in 1977, presumably based on a true story of Colleen Stan, who was, um, a, a young student who, uh, at 20 years of age was kidnapped and held for seven years inside a box that was the, just like, you know, that you could barely move in. And, uh, it's a, it, it's a. It's a really, really twisted and very, very disturbing story. And if the real Wait, story, the true story, yeah. So it's basically room, even more constricted. Uh, yeah. It. Let me put it this way: it doesn't necessarily make for uh, an enjoyable movie. It's a really difficult story to to absorb. Uh, and you know it, but it's. I mean, it's twisted. There's some stuff. I won't get into all the, the twisted stuff. You can imagine who would kidnap a 20-year-old girl and stick her in a box for seven years. You can imagine what that entails. Uh, it's, so it's, it's very disturbing. It's not as good as I wanted it to be, and maybe Room has taken a lot of the air out of the room uh, for this kind of a film, but uh, it's, uh, it's still it's, it's worth checking out. I mean, it's at least worth, uh, it's at least worth a, a rental, I would say. It's Actually, it's a... Um it's a, a triple feature: room, girl in the box, and boxing uh, Helena. Yeah, and you could probably also throw that Ryan Reynolds uh, thing in there. That's right, buried, whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, and then also, there's a there's a thriller on Blu-ray that a uh, Blu-ray and DVD combo pack uh, by a director named Stephen Fingleton, who I'd like to see more from. I, I these things tend to kind of disappear. This is from uh, Shout Factory and IFC Midnight. Uh, it's called Survivalist. And uh, or the survivalist, I guess, is the actual title. Anyway, uh, this is this is kind of cool. Um, uh, Martin McCann is a guy who is uh, it's kind of a western set in a dystopian future, a little bit like The Road, right? It's a, it's got kind of the yeah. same similar vibe to The Road. So you know, it's post-apocalyptic dystopian society's all just dwindled back, kind of a, to a to a very frontier kind of a sensibility. And um, Martin McCann is uh, is trying to hang on to uh, to his little his little piece of whatever is left in the world, and um, of course you know this is like every man for himself. Everybody's fighting for the scraps, and uh, some people show up. What was the one with um, Chiwetel Ejiofor and uh, Children of Men? No, 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 no. Chiwetel no. more recently, where Chiwetel Ejiofor wanders into the valley and meets uh, what's her name? Uh, Star Wars. Oh, no, 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 no. And and oh gosh, this is gonna kill Don't me now. Stop recording. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll. Anyway. I will look it up for you. Look it up. Uh, Chwedi Lejiofor and uh, what's his name? The new Kirk and. Uh, oh, I saw that. Yeah. What was that thing called? The valley with three people in the valley. Yeah, it's got uh, the woman in it. And yeah, the girl yeah. Fighting over the yeah, woman. Yeah. Anyway, it feels a little bit like that too. Uh, so anyway, he so. Zephyr Zachariah. That's it, Zephyr Zachariah. Gosh, worst title ever. So hard to remember. Uh, so Martin McCann trying to hang on to his little scrap of post-apocalyptic uh, homestead, and then there is a human connection. Let's just say well, there's a human connection. People show up. And it's got a similar Z for Zachariah kind of a vibe going on. 
and uh, it gets uh, it gets very interesting. It gets very interesting. It's paranoid. It's constrained. It's claustrophobic, and yet it feels very very vibrant. Uh, Stephen Finkelton's never made a movie before. Good director. I uh, really want to see more stuff from him, and hopefully not so genre. But this is actually uh, quite a well done film. So. Um, worth checking out The Survivalist on Blu-ray and DVD from uh, IFC Midnight and Shout Factory worth checking out and uh, Mark has one more bit of music he will do in a moment let's uh, he's gone back into into the kitchen unbelievable Um, got a 4K this week not a big week for 4K but uh, got one it's called Warm Bodies uh, with the worst tagline ever Cold Body Warm Heart uh, why this is on 4K is, I mystifies me. This is not what I would expect uh, HDR to be really uh, employed for. I can't imagine any early adopters like jumping all over the bandwagon for this. There are a fair amount of extras on here. Nicholas Holt may be the reason that this wound up uh, being on, on 4K. It's a decent cast, Nicholas Holt and uh, John Malkovich. I mean, it, you know, it's a good cast, but uh, 4K for this? I don't know. Um, it's, you know, a zombie romance. What's the point of that? I don't get it. Uh, it's kind of, you I know. I think the zombie thing is over now, especially in it, film. It really is. I mean, Nicholas Holt is, is a much better actor than this. I'm looking forward to uh, World War Z, too, though. I have to say, I did like yeah. World War Z. Yeah, well. And The Walking Dead seems to be just lumbering along. It's been 16 seasons, or Great. maybe it's 18. I don't know. Anyway, uh, there's a uh, they they have a there's a gag reel on here which they have a funny name for the shrug and groan gag reel gag reel whatever. <laughs> it's funny, uh, man. I know. Anyway, so warm bodies. You want to see a zombie romance? I, I guess you know. It's, but 4K, I don't I don't really. It doesn't. This does not benefit from it. I don't see anybody jumping all over this. Uh, the Who live at Royal Albert Hall. Now uh, I've been to Royal Albert Hall. I saw Elvis Costello at Royal Albert. I Hall. used to jog around Royal Albert Hall. Nobody cares. Right. Um, jog through you, you jog through the park right and you get you get a good run around the park and then once you get to the other side of the park from Notting Hill then Royal Albert Hall is right there and you can run around Royal Albert Hall and then run right back into the park and you're good great good job Wade good ad um, anyway so they cranked this thing out this thing was uh, recorded in April 2017 now the question of course it's all it's just Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey now and Daltrey, I, I idolize The Who. I love them. Pete yep. Towns is like my musical mm-hmm. father. <clears throat> but they're getting older. Daltrey can't really hit the high notes anymore. Uh, but th- Tommy is still great. Uh, the uh, production that they put on isn't quite as spectacular as the, you know, as the, as the film and yes. in earlier uh, stage incarnations uh, that they performed. But uh, if, you, if you're into them and you're a total completist, you definitely want to check this out. Uh, it's got all the classic songs from Tommy, and uh, Royal Albert Hall is one of the great uh, venues to see a show. And so, yeah, definitely. Uh, Tommy, Royal Albert Hall. Very nice. So, Mark, let's talk about a ghost story. Now that we've got you uh, settled in. Uh, this thing was, uh, well, there, there's a tendency for movies to be a big deal at Sundance. to get all kinds of acclaim. People come out of the screening going, oh, it's amazing. And uh, the critics go gonzo, and the reviews are great. Oh, it's so unique, so amazing. It'll maybe even win a bunch of awards, like uh, Birth of a Nation. And uh, then uh, on release, people go, "Eh, all right, whatever. Uh, I like David Lowry. I really do. 
you know, I think David Lowry is a very, very talented director. He's got a lot, kind of a Terrence Malicky thing going on. I appreciate that. Yeah, Pete's Dragon. That was very Terrence Malicky. Not that. I'm talking about uh, the uh, the his first film. Um, but ain't them body saints. Ain't them body saints. Thank you. I was gonna say guide to, but that's it's the other saint. Yes, ain't them body saints. I really like that. I thought it was very, very sharp. Casey Affleck, terrific in that movie. He reunites with Casey Affleck here for a ghost story, which really kind of took Sundance by storm. I, 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 um, maybe my expectations were, were pumped up, but uh, I, I don't know. What, uh, do, you have, do you have any great feelings? Didn't see about it. Okay. Oh, I thought you did. Seriously? <laughs> no, no, I thought you I did. Didn't see it. Oh, my gosh. Wait, here's the, here's the thing, Wade. I thought you did. Part of the reason why I am getting the hell out of Dodge yeah. is because it's my job. I have to be at work at 5 in the morning. Yeah. And get this. Starting on Monday. When's your last day? My last day is uh, Friday. So if this post, when, when is this post on, on Tuesday? Yeah. So it will be three more days of my job. Oh, my word. So you the only last have five more days. Right. So the last. That last day is going to be like the last day of school when you're in third grade, right? So my, I talk to my, I go to my boss's office. My boss says, uh, so Mark, um, we, uh, I, you just got an email. We're going to, uh, a bunch of us are going to take you to lunch. Mm-hmm. And I said, don't do that. <laughs> I, I just want to say goodbye to some people and slip out the back door, and that's the end of it. He goes, well, it's too late. We've already sent out the invite. Yeah. So I go down. I talk to somebody else, another bigwig who I'm friendly with at the office, and I said, are, they, are you guys really taking me to lunch? Come on. Nobody cares. Just let me go. I'm just a cog of the machine. It's fine. I get it. Whatever, Mark. Ah, he's funny, but now he's gone. In three weeks, I'll be forgotten. And he says, well, at first they wanted to throw you a party. Okay. But I talked them down to just a lunch. And I said, thank you. <laughs> whether you did that because you know that's what I would want or whether you did that because you knew that I am not worthy of a party, uh-huh. either way, uh, thank you for making sure I don't get a party. So p- anyway, point being, the last week I'm at the office, I have to be at work at 4.30 in the morning because I do a show okay. that airs on E. I produce it. It's yep. called uh, Daily Pop. Yep. It is uh, weekdays at noon uh, East Coast time, which means 9 a.m. Pacific time. And so that has to be produced. Okay. We have two hours of live programming. So we have to be, my last week at the office, I have to be in at 4.30 in the morning. Which, oddly enough, is a little convenient. Mm-hmm. Because when you need your afternoons to arrange your moving and your finances and getting the hell out of town, it kind of helps to get off work at 1 in the afternoon. Yes, it does. Now, of course, you're very tired. Yeah. And you're not that productive, but it does help. I don't know how we got into that. How do we get into that? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Well, because you didn't see Ghost Story, so you didn't have time. Oh, but, oh, so the thing is that, is yeah. that because I have to be at work so early, I can't see 7.30 screenings. I got, I'm, I'm sleeping. Yeah, all right. Well, Ghost Story, basically, here's the, uh, here's the drill. So it, it's a good idea. Casey Affleck, Rooney Mara, they're a couple, uh, but the, the romance is gone. Something horrible has happened. I won't tell you exactly what because that's the whole point of the thing. Um, and there is a ghost presence that is in the film that is basically a person in a sheet. And uh, all of this is, it's not meant to be scary. It's meant to be provocative and mysterious and poetic and allegorical and all of those things. And I applaud all of that. I think all that is great. And I think the concept is great. Uh, I just don't know that it it actually, I don't know that there's 92 minutes worth of material in that concept. It doesn't, it feels like um, they thought that they'd be able to just ride with the visuals and, and some of the, in a handful of the scenes. And it doesn't. It doesn't feel to me like there's 92 minutes to sustain this. And it, it needed more meat on the bones. 
as it were, meat on the uh, on the skeleton that's underneath the sheet or whatever. Anyway, uh, Blu-ray and uh, ultraviolet and uh, worth watching for sure. I'm not going to take anything away from it. I think Lowry is is still a huge talent. It's beautifully shot. Casey Affleck keeps getting better and better as an actor. Rooney Mara, love her as well. But uh, I just I wanted this to be a better movie than it is. And it was both. So wait, here's the thing. Yes, sir. The advantage of of directing a huge, huge film. Yes. Is that you know you kind of get to do whatever you want after that because sure. you've uh, you know you can trade that and trade yep. that in. But Colin uh, Trevorrow, mm-hmm. he directs uh, Jurassic Park, right? I guess very, sure. Very serviceable. Yeah, sure. It's completely it's hated it. Fine. It's hated serviceable. It. It's whatever. Hated it. it but uh, go on. It, it extends the franchise in yeah. completely serviceable fashion. Yep. So now he wants to do a uh, very, very small film before he, of course, goes off to do the new Star Wars. Because, you know, he wants to do his little film that he's always wanted to do, and then he'll go off and, uh, and, and do be Star a big, Wars. And big Star Wars uh, hotshot. Big yeah. Star Wars hotshot, that's right. Yeah. Uh, the, the movie he always wanted to do was The Book of Henry. Uh-huh. Now, The Book of Henry is terrible. In fact, it is so bad that I wonder whether that, ha- that got him fired off of Star Wars. Of course Wars. it did. Of course it did. Like, wow. You really, really just... Well, what it did was, what it did was, they saw the book of Henry and they thought, holy cow, maybe we should revisit Jurassic World. And then they went back and looked at Jurassic World and realized, this is really bad. Like, this this made money because it was well-marketed, not because it's a good movie. People just poured into the theaters because it was all about dinosaurs. We could have... We could have gotten like a guy, a homeless alcoholic from Skid Row to direct this movie, and and, and people would still have gone to see it. And uh, yeah, Trevorrow is. I look, I'm not on the Trevorrow bandwagon. I don't want to diss the guy, but I'm I'm kind of dissing the guy. I just I haven't seen anything in his work you, that you really. You do not like safety, not guaranteed. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. That's what he should be doing. He should be doing that kind of that level of movie. Well, okay, Book of Henry. Book of Henry is not that level of movie. It's, just, it's, it's not just that kind of movie. It's a different kind of movie. You know, it's just so – it's such a soap opera. It's so maudlin. And then there's a twist at the end that's like, I guess. I'm tired be, of twists at the end of movies. You're supposed to be crying at the end, but, the end, but you're sort of like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Does it need a twist? See, anyway, so this film, uh, not only was it misbegotten, not only did it, did, did it ruin his present, did it ruin his future. Yeah. So I pass on the Book of Henry. Okay. We also have uh, Blu-ray, DVD, and ultraviolet combo uh, for uh, an animated thing called Moon, Guardian of the Moon. Uh, now, Moon, in, the, in terms of the name, is M-U-N-E, and Guardian of the Moon is, is in the moon, M-O-O-N. Uh, it's a little bit of a weird title when you say it. It doesn't look so cool either. It's got some really, really good voice work in it is the reason that I'm I'm loath to completely discredit it. Uh, Rob Lowe, Pat Oswalt can do no wrong by me. I did, the guy just makes me laugh endlessly. Uh, Jeff Dunham I can do without as a as a you know ventriloquist guy, but as a voice talent he's perfectly fine. Even Ed Helms who I don't particularly like. Uh, but the story is. Uh, kind of a bit forced. It's one of these 3D CG animation things where you think if this wasn't 3D CG animation, if you had to sit down and do 2D animation to tell this story and take three years to to, to draw every single frame, would it be worth it? And the answer is no. And I think that for three, for, you know, CG animation has become so easy to do uh, and they can whip these things out so quickly that I think they don't really give second thought to whether the story is worth it anymore. 
Uh, and in this case, it's kind of, you know, Moon, M-U-N-E, uh, is this little creature in the, you know, in the, in the galaxy who um, is supposed to guard the moon, and then there's, you know, uh, an, uh, from this race of guardians, and then there's, like, a renegade who decides to go all Darth Vader on them, and, and, and you know, and then it gets ridiculous, and they're going, now we're going to steal the sun, and then, oh, no, stop it, it's just... It, it, nothing here really works. It doesn't make sense. They don't really recreate the mythical world very well. And uh, the little moon guy it looks too much like something from Avatar. So I can't. I mean, maybe maybe your kids will enjoy it, but mine mine will never get to see it. And then uh, before we jump into television uh, in a really big uh, gnarly way, um, uh, we're going to talk for just for a moment about Queen of the Desert. And uh, Mark, did you see Queen of the Desert? Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? No, just Queen of the Desert. I did, did you not. See this? I did not. Oh dear. Okay. I'm. This is such a monstrous disappointment. So Werner Her- here. I was very excited. If you, do you know who Gertrude Bell was? I do not. Okay, Gertrude Bell was uh, the sort of female Lawrence of Arabia. In many respects, she was more influential from a diplomatic standpoint during the First World War than Lawrence was. Lawrence was a military figure. Lawrence was a guy who won battles and waged the war in the desert. All the diplomatic wrangling that took place at the same time against the the Ottomans took place at the behest of uh, Gertrude Bell, who was an extraordinary woman. I have two biographies of Gertrude Bell. I've read them both. Uh, Gertrude Bell is an amazing figure in history, truly extraordinary. And she interacted with Lawrence on many occasions, and um, it's a great story. It's a, you read those bios and you just go, this has got to be a movie. Finally, they announce a movie. Oh, my gosh. Gertrude Bell movie. Yes, do it, do it, do it. Who's going to direct it? Werner Herzog. OMG. Werner Herzog is going to do Gertrude Bell. Are you kidding me? What? That's the best thing I've ever heard. Who's going to play Gertrude Bell? Nicole Kidman? What? Um, yeah, okay. Okay, I'll yeah, all right, sure, all right, I'll I'll go with that. I I I can think of others who'd be better, but you know, she, yeah, she, I guess she's a little old and she's not English, um, but she's Nicole Kidman. Fine, okay, I'm on board. Werner Herzog, he he he's not going to screw that up. Um, who's writing it? Werner Herzog. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I like Werner as a director, not so much as a writer, but I'm still on board. Finally saw the movie, not on board. It just, it's so not right. It's so wrong in every way. It's not a Werner Herzog film. It's not really a Nicole Kidman film. James Franco is in this thing for some unknown reason to give it some kind of a romance angle, which it didn't need at all, uh, which isn't even real. It's completely fabricated. That's stupid. And, uh, and then, you know, Robert Pattinson plays Lawrence. Well, he's okay. He's not great, not quite right. Could have done better. Um, massive missed opportunity and now it's done no one's going to be able to do another Bert- Gertrude Bell biopic it's done it's finished yeah because there needs to be multiple it. Gertrude Bell biopics it's, well there should be a good one but this is it's, it's done they ruined it they ruined it you need to do one yourself anyway Blu-ray DVD combo pack I'm very very upset and disappointed this should have been a better movie I'm really really bummed Queen of the Desert with Nicole Kidman Robert Pattinson and, and pointless James Franco. Uh, I just, I'm so disappointed. But I will say this: lovely Jordanian locations. They did a good job shooting in uh, in the Middle East. A lot of a lot of places where I have actually been. I recognize places where they shot. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Oh, gee, there's dust there. I was there too. I no, saw no, the no, same no, no, dust. No. You'll see. I mean, it, okay. it, it's there. There. Wait, there are you're being? Yeah. 
You're being shameless. I am. Shameless season seven. This thing just keeps going. Somebody's watching this thing. Uh, it's a lot going on in this season. You know, we love... Uh, the only thing with um, with the show is that it keeps William H. Macy from doing more films. And that's a bad thing, because I love William H. Macy. However, it does keep Emmy Rossum naked. And I'm on board with that. Uh, the show... Uh, this season, anyway, uh, uh, William H. Macy, he's got a homeless shelter, and he gets kicked out of his own homeless shelter, and then he finds out that someone on the show, I won't tell you, has... Uh, has uh, uh, Criminal brain damage, and uh, Emmy Rossum's doing her thing. Um, so, what is this for? Um, anyway, so Shameless, I don't know what to say. Look, s- uh, some of these episodes were directed by John Wells, of course. John Wells is John Wells. You all know John Wells. He's a director. Um, he's a very good director, and good he, director. he keeps getting shafted with movies. I, I, it's sad because he's a very good writer and director. Well, so now, well, he he wrote he wrote uh, a couple of these episodes, I yeah. believe, at least one or two. Um, of season seven. So if you love Shameless, you don't need me to tell you to check out the Shameless season seven Blu-ray. If you've never watched Shameless, don't start here. Start with season one. All right. Thank you. There's a couple of featurettes, but, you know, who cares? Uh, I got some uh, British-y stuff. Uh, Fortitude, the complete second season. Have you seen Fortitude? Have you even heard of it? I I saw Fivitude, the sequel. Uh, Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Bad jokes are my domain, man. That's the deal. Uh, no, this is actually I, I, I have not even heard of this show. Uh, it, it just it, it it's it kind of came out of the blue, but um, Fortitude is quite interesting, um, and I and it's now in its second season, and uh, hopefully going further. Uh, this is from Sky Atlantic, and um, very interesting kind of a genre thing. Uh, it's sort of uh, it's sort of a uh, it's a it's like a parasitic virus drama it's not you know like walking dead it's not uh, to that it's not like a zombie thing but it is um it is very much kind of an an apocalyptic or edge of apocalyptic uh, drama set in this uh, arctic town called fortitude and uh it is uh, it's really it gets it gets increasingly more genre-y as it goes along and uh I, it's it, it, you know you you wonder when is it going to sort of I mean it's like a it's a horror show but it's a it's still more of a, a, a little bit of a serialized soap opera at the same time it's I I like it I, I think I like it quite a bit uh, Parmenter Nagra and Dennis Quaid are terrific in this thing Ken Stott uh, Richard Dormer Sophie Grable uh, or Grable 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 she's got all she's yeah she's she's Norwegian or something has all those little accents and things that change the letters and who's the vowels. The, um, to who, 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 who's the McDonald's character? He used to go, grubble, 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 grubble. Oh, that's the Hamburglar. That's it. Hamburglar. <laughs> that's her name. Yeah. Uh, the Tunnel, Sabotage, the complete second season. This is from PBS. This is a UK show. Uh, really very, very good. Uh, good primarily because it's just got an amazing cast. And, uh, you know, Stephen Delane is one of my all-time favorite actors. Has never really, really gotten the... Uh, the credit he deserves. Did you ever see him in uh, Welcome to Sarajevo? Uh, back in the day. Like, I, mean, like I know, it was 20 years ago, but he's just, he should have clicked after that. Stephen Delane should have gone on to be like the next uh, Humpy Dunk uh, Cooper, Cooper Whittle. Cooper yeah. John Stevens? That guy. <laughs> I love Cooper John Stevens. No, he's no, 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 no. Favorite. Bu- bumpy, bumpy Stump. Bu- uh, bu- bumpy Stump. Bumpy Stump Cribble Snatch. <laughs> So we have Cooper John Stevens and Bumpy Stump Cribble Snatch. You know Benedict Cumberbatch. Wow! Oh, yeah. that guy. Yeah. What happened to him? Uh, well, he's 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 Doctor Who. Oh, he's Doctor Who. 
They're not Doctor Who. He's the Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah, oh. Doctor Who, he's, Doctor Strange. He's Same old. thing. He's he look. He he might as well be Doctor Who. Well, he's been Doctor Who, hasn't he? I don't know. Benedict Cumberbatch. That stupid was show. He, he was. Uh, maybe he wasn't. I, l- I lose track. The ship is named. He's been. Ca- he's been. He's been Sherlock. The ship he's is called doctor. the retard. Isn't he's, he's called doc- the retard. He's Doctor Strange. He's Sherlock. He should be Doctor Who. Maybe he's. I can't keep track. Can somebody of please tell us at gods at digigods.com what you see in, in Doctor Who? I just don't get it. Yeah. He he hasn't, every, hasn't every British actor been a been a Doctor Who at I some point? Know. I think they all have. I think they all have. Richard Richard Burton. Richard Burton was the best Doctor Who. Oh yeah, sure. Right oh, right after uh, Peter oh, O'Toole's Doctor Ol- Who. Ol- Olivia. Olivia was amazing. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> Never okay. forget it. Anyway, the tunnel. Uh, this is a thriller series, and uh, a couple of investigators played by Clemence Poesy and Stephen Delane. Yeah, uh, and uh, they are uh, really, really good. And they, it's a, it's great. You know, it's it's uh, it's a great kind of a European detective thing, and uh, you know, French and British passengers are trapped in the tunnel, and it's all you know. There's a lot of there's a lot of really really good stuff going on here. Uh, it it's very very interesting and well done and high production value and I think it's a good show. Stephen Delane always worth checking out. And then Grant Chester is now in its third season, part of Masterpiece Mystery. James Norton and Robson Green are all uh, superb as always. Uh, this all takes place in the 1950s in a uh, small Cambridge uh, village. And uh, it, you know, deals with uh, it's, you know, it's criminal investigation and mystery, but it has that religious priesty spin on it that you occasionally get. Uh, it, you know, kind of tips its hat a little bit to uh, Agatha Christie. I, I think it's really, really good mystery stuff. Well done. I enjoy it. Uh, Grant Chester uh, complete third season. Both Grant Chester and the Tunnel Sabotage complete second season are on Blu-ray. Wade Longmire has had a, a long and circuitous and confusing history. Um, it was on A&E, where it was surprisingly canceled um, right after the third season ended. And then Netflix picked it up, and uh, they squeezed another couple seasons out of it. And now, of course, it's going to end with season six, but in the meantime, you have season five now available on um, DVD, not Blu-ray. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips is in this. That's always a good thing. Uh, Katie Sackhoff is in this if you're uh, if you love your uh, Battlestar Galactica. Things based on a um, based on a series of novels that I never read, and uh, I can't say I've ever seen the show. I do love westerns, but I'm not that much of a fan of contemporary westerns. I like the w- westerns in the 1900s. You know, the gunfight at OK yeah. Corral, the sure. Wyatt Earp type westerns. Right. So, but people love the show. It's got a cult following. So, uh, and it's ending soon. So, if you love your Longmire, it's season five now on uh, DVD. And then we have uh, Channel Zero, season one. Wait, what do you now? Here's the thing: when you look at this, um, when you look at this uh, 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 cover art, yes, does this man look like he's covered in post-its? Uh, it looks like he's covered in Tic Tacs. Post-its, sure. Yeah, looks like he's uh, he's covered in something. Whatever. Channel. Z- what the heck is that? What what is? Well, he Channel Zero. Co- no, no, no. Hang on a second. Channel oh, Zero. Oh, it's he, look, he looks like he's covered in chiclets. It's a uh, huh? He looks like he's covered in chiclets. Or, or, or maybe uh, like uh, some kind of small spearmint gum. Or anyway, something. Channel Zero, it's this horror anthology series. And uh, uh, this thing, I, I, I don't know who's ever seen this thing. Um, it's on sci-fi. I've never seen it. Uh, it's really under the radar. This season, Candle Cove has a bunch of uh, you know okay people in it that I've really never heard of. Um, Fiona Shaw would be the biggest name, I guess. So, uh, okay. yeah, so if you're into uh, Channel Zero, which is the uh, sci-fi horror anthology thing, 
then um, you know, go for it. Okay. Uh, this thing just this this thing just it's just nothing to me. Uh, oh, okay. Never heard of it. Never seen it. Right. Under the radar. Not marketed. Secrets and Lies, season one, uh, with Juliette Lewis. Hey, and Ryan Felipe. Hey, that's where they went. Um, if you've been wondering, I and if I have, I've been saying, whatever happened to Ryan Felipe and Juliette Lewis? Well, we know Ryan Felipe was uh, accused of uh, doing bad things. Was he really? Yeah, he was accused of domestic abuse or something. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Ryan Felipe... Um, discovers a, uh, a a body, and Juliet Lewis is the detective who has to try to figure out did he or did he not do it. And uh, it's a whodunity series that really relies pretty much just on the performances. Juliet Lewis, nice to have her back. I think she's really good. Ryan Felipe, he's fine. Um, we'll see where this thing goes. Uh, the jury's completely out as to you know whether this show can sort of sustain. Because when you have a show like this, the question is how long are you going to uh, before you have to scratch somebody's itch at a certain point, right? You can't just well, sort of leave, the art. You, you can't just keep this thing open ended year after year after year. So I want to see where it goes. Well, the the art of these shows, especially over these long arcs is to be able to answer one question and pose two more. Yes. And then you answer one, then you pose two more. And you unless keep you're, always keep it on the hook. Unless you're lost, in which case you just never ad- actually answer any question ever. Uh, wait, here's a question I'm going to answer. Yeah. Um, who watches Bro Girls? The answer, nobody. Uh, nobody. Because it's been canceled. I don't know how this thing wound up with six seasons. I mean, this thing was just I, – I, 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 the, the guy, the showrunner – not a fan of him. It's all hack humor. Yeah. Somebody tell me what's so funny about this. No, no. Um, and also, it kept, uh, like we said, uh, like we said earlier, it's uh, kept Cat Dennings from making movies because she should be making. She should be. She's great. Either sweet little romantic comedies like Five Hundred yeah. Days of Summer type things, or she should be doing like Thor things where she like livens up. You know, she's like the female Steve Zahn. Yeah. She, <laughs> she will liven up. Big films with her indie sensibilities and quirky humor. Yeah. But instead, we have two broke girls. She's good in the Thor movies. Yeah, she right, was. Right. She, she was the best thing. The Thor movie, you know, the trailer for the new Thor film. It's looking fun. It's looking fun. I just, yeah, I it see, looks very I, Guardians of the Galaxy. Actually, here's the thing. it looks more like a Guardians movie than a Thor movie. I don't know. I don't know whether these movies are good or whether we have lowered the bar in terms of what we expect from a tentpole film. That now we just think they're all good. No, we don't think they're all good, but we 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 are enjoying being in that world now. It's a, it's basically a big TV series. The Marvel movies really are a television series at this point, and uh, they're not movies. They're not. They don't work on their own because this Thor is not going to work in any way whatsoever. If you haven't seen all the previous Thors and a couple of Avengers, and you know, it's like no, you'll never be able. Like I will not be able to pull Thor Ragnarok off the shelf and say to my daughter, "Here, watch this," because she'll look at it and she'll go, "I, I have no context to. I, I just did none, nothing in this makes sense. What came before?" It, it, it's contextualized by everything that led into it, so uh, that's good. that's the thing. But it's got Jeff Goldblum. Come on, I know. It is funny how uh, how when you when you look at these films, they're uh, they're not going to mean much in fifteen years. No, because no. they're all part of this gigantic machine, and every part just seems like yeah. like each little part doesn't seem as important as the whole. Right. You know. Oh, by the way, that was me. Um, so, I you know. While these films are fun and it's 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 a nice sugar high. Yeah. When it's over, you're like, okay, when's the next one? Yep. Anyway, uh, two broke girls ending. Thank God. Also ending a Sleepy Hollow on Fox, a uh, show that uh, just limped along, and now it's over. Fourth final season uh, available on DVD. Mm-hmm. Scenes. I have not seen the show. It's probably very sleepy, and uh, very hollow, and uh, I assume that's what it is. Just letting you know it's out there. 
and based on Lily Koppel's The Astronaut Wives Club, a true story, is the uh, limited television series The Astronaut Wives Club, uh, which is fine. It, it, it means to kind of give you the, uh, it's a little bit inspired by Army Wives and the right stuff, I think, uh, halfway between the two, uh, which is all about the wives of the astronauts, as the title obviously in a very unsubtle way lets you know. Uh, this was an ABC series that uh, just isn't really as amazing as it really probably should be. I wanted more out of this, but it felt very network. Uh, so I give them credit for doing it, for trying. Um, story that needs to be told, just needs to be told better. And then we also have a couple of uh, true-life incidents that became big TV movies, both on Blu-ray. Uh, one... It deserves a better movie. That's The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. This is uh, with Oprah Winfrey and Rose Byrne. Uh, if you don't know the story of Henrietta Lacks, Henrietta Lacks was a, a uh, and, well, was a uh, black woman whose cells after her death have become uh, a, a key source of finding all kinds of uh, remedies for cancer and, you know, the immortal cells of Henrietta Lacks. Uh, are, are legendary in, in uh, medical circles. I'm not going to be the science guy and try to explain it all to you because I only barely understand why her cells are amazing. But it's almost like one of it's almost like an X woman kind of a thing. She's it, it, she has these like superhero cells that have been just magical, and uh, it's really extraordinary. Um, the the story here is a little bit less amazing. It's uh, This is based on a book, which is the book of the same name, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. And uh, no, uh, you you don't really get a great sense of Henrietta Lacks' life. What you get is a little bit of kind of a, a who's who and a what's what, and you hop hopscotch around, and uh, it tries to sort of wrap itself around her life and why she was significant, why her cells are significant, make it a little bit of a mystery story. It's not as uh, it's not as as great as it should be. Um, uh, Oprah Winfrey does not play Henrietta Lacks; she plays uh, Lacks's daughter Deborah, and that's kind of the problem: is that it's all sort of seen through a little bit of a saccharine lens. But it's worth watching. It just isn't the movie it should have been. And uh, then more, more impressive is The Wizard of Lies. I actually thought this was very, very good. Did you see The Wizard of Lies? I did. I liked it a lot, actually. It's really good, isn't it? Yep. Uh, Barry Levinson, he's, he's kind of back. Uh, I mean, Barry Levinson directed this fantastic uh, television drama about the whole Bernie Madoff thing with uh, Robert De Niro as Bernie Madoff and Michelle Pfeiffer as his wife. And you know what? Son of a... I, I would have thought... I'm never going to be able to watch Robert De Niro and um, Michelle Pfeiffer disappear into real people because they are, to me, Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer. They are just – I can't see them as someone else, right? Within 10 minutes, you forget you're watching De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer. They're really acting. And I give Barry Levinson all the credit in the world. He makes them other people. It's great. Well, also, you know, it's been a while since De Niro has really brought some game. Yeah. He tends True. to just do every anything, mail it in. He doesn't care anymore. I don't, I, I don't know what he's working for now except, except just out of boredom. But it's nice to see him try. Yeah, Even no if sometimes is. you see little affectations and you wonder, oh, he must have thought that through or why is he doing that with his hands. I, sometimes you see the machinery a little bit. But um, still, it's just nice to see him trying. It really I agree. Is. I thought the movie was terrific. I agree. No, completely. Uh, you know what, Mark? Uh, football's been in the news a lot lately. Football! 
You been watching any football? No, I don't watch anything, Wayne. I have to move. So you're I'm leaving the country. So you're in one two of those. Weeks. You're one of those people who is is heeding the president's call to boycott football and uh, bring the NFL down. Yes, and during and during the uh, national anthem, I whip my penis out. <laughs> and I wave it at the TV. <laughs> wow, this show. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And Mark's 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 gonna be fired after the next wow. show. Wow, uh, it's my show. <laughs> oh, you gonna fire me? I don't know. Actually, I fired myself. I'm leaving. Uh, anyway, football. So as long as we're in a, in a football mood, uh, we have two complete series that both have football tie-ins uh, this week. One is Coach, the complete series. And uh, that's from Mill Creek. Lame. Yeah. Lame. And you know what? Coach is okay. Lame. It still kind of works. Uh, it's a little dated. Lame. But uh, Craig T. Nelson is still fun, and the cast is good. And, uh, you know, I, it's a, I'm a little nostalgic about it. Jerry Van Dyke, Shelley Fabares. These are good people. This is a good cast. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to have the whole series on hand. Uh, I don't know if the whole show is Lame. that good. Maybe a, a best of thing. But if for those who just can't get enough coach, boy, it is out now. Complete series. You know what else is out in the complete series? Friday Night Lights. Uh, I, I, uh, the movie was fantastic. Blu-ray. Blu-ray of Friday Night Lights, uh, which I see. I'm not a big fan of the movie. But uh, but the show, the TV series is. I mean, people have tried to sell me on the TV series, and I've really resisted it because it's just okay. Yeah, high school football, blah blah. Um, I in in hindsight, I'm gonna say, looking at some of this now, that it's sort of out of the zeitgeist. Um, it's not bad. There's some there's some really good stuff on this show. So it's wait. not it's not as legendary as I think everybody wanted to portray it. It's not this sort of iconic representation of some great American institution in the heartland and all that kind of stuff, but. There's a lot of really good stuff going on in it, and it, it is well-written. So, uh, By the way, can I tell you something? Yeah. Now, here's something I would normally tell you off-air, but since nobody listens to this yeah. podcast, I'll tell you anyway. Yeah. So I had dinner with Norman the other night. Oh, you did? Yes. Good. So Peter Berg yes. interested in his book. Good. You know, it's been floating around forever, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And he said that uh, Peter Berg interested. Now, Peter's got something else he's got to do, which takes him out of commission for a year. Yeah. After which he could be thinking of uh, something eight, else. Eight hundred thousand other projects he yeah. wants to do. Right. But right now he's like, yeah, Peter Berg. All right. Interested. Right on. That thing's you know Sean Penn was on board. Yep. That thing's had a Julia Roberts was going to play his, his mother. Yep. That that thing has had a circuitous, torturous, difficult journey to the screen, and it has not ended yet. In fact, it has barely even started. Well, we know how long it takes things to happen. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And he and he had a number, New York Times number one bestseller. Yeah. And it takes a long time for it to yeah. happen. Crazy for the storm. Correct. Yeah. Terrific book. Well, highly recommended. It. it will be made into a film, but please buy the Norman book. is responsible for us meeting, by the way. We should point that out. That's true. Norman was a uh, Norman uh, Olstead, a uh, film school colleague of mine. Met him first day of film school, first class. And uh, we wound up uh, being the two guys who made movies about homeless people in that first class. And uh, we wanted to work on each other's movies. And I was first AD on uh, Norman's Project 2, and uh, you were a producer. No, what happened was – what was that, Joshua's Fire? Oh, no, no. It was his – well, uh, yeah, maybe it was. It was Joshua's Fire. Was that yeah. the one that shot on Main Street? Maybe we shot those scenes on, in Venice and Santa Monica. No, that was a, that was a, that, that was that feature. No, 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 that was, that was uh, Malibu Eyes. That shot in, in Malibu, in yeah. the Beach House. Yeah. But he, Zach starred in the film, right? Yes. In his Project 2? Yeah. So I knew Zach. Yes. Because Zach uh, and I went to high school together. Yeah. So Zach says to me, hey, Mark, I'm starring in this Project 2 for this UCLA guy. Why don't you come down, meet somebody, shake some hands, make yourself useful. 
So I go down there, and I meet Wade and our friend Sean Jones. And you ran the other way. You're and like, these people are crazy. Yeah. So uh, and Norman, of course. So Norman, Sean, and Wade, I met because my high school friend Zach said I'm starring in a project too at UCLA. Come down to the set and make yourself useful. And then now we're twenty, thirty, whatever it was years later, we're all friends. It's fantastic. It's a good Wade, story. Except Wade's a jerk. Except everything Mark just told you is is a complete lie. A lie. What happened true. was. Uh, so, and then we, uh, we also have a couple of, uh, things from the new Watch Around the Clock boxed set release line from Mill Creek, uh, which is, it, this is the whole gimmick on this, is 24 hours of shows, movies, cartoons, and commercials in a single box set of DVD. So you are literally reliving a full broadcast day from the golden age of television. You are, it's a time, it's as a time capsule, including, a full day. commercials? Including commercials. That's a great idea. This takes you right back, and you get to pretend that it's 1958 or whatever on television, and you just li- and you, it's a full day. You just li- you see that. You, it's fantastic. Great it's idea. a really it's a great idea, and uh, it's fun, right? Fun idea. See. So how long did you watch think? around the clock? Oh, it says relive a day in the life from television's golden age with yes. a 24-hour lineup. So I guess each. So so disc one is mornings. This is how it works. Disc one is morning. Disc two is afternoon, disc three is evening, and disc four is late night. So I guess... And it's fantastic. Each disc, I guess, is six hours. Yeah. Huh. It's fantastic. It's, it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't oh, spend a whole day with this, but with either of them, but it's, uh, it's actually great. You if, it lo- if it literally simulates watching the same channel for 24 straight hours, yeah. it's genius. It is genius. It's it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's it's just incredibly fun stuff on here, uh, and uh, you know, it's it's it, Mill Creek has licensed a lot of classic television product. Uh, you know, they've gotten uh, Johnny Carson stuff and Dragnet and uh, the Dick Van Dyke Show and you know the Lucy Show. I mean, all this stuff is is there, and they've got some movies as well that they have rights to. And they just basically looked at all this stuff and said, let's just slap it all together. And let's just give people some some Groucho and some Lucy and some you know whatever it is and old classic old movies and commercials and they they threw it all together in a really smart way and it's a lot of fun uh, and so you should check it out we got two of them here and one of them in color one of them in black and white but they're absolutely great uh, they're just absolutely great really really fun it's called Watch Around the Clock and Watch Around the Clock in color uh, really fun I hope they do more of these I really do I hope this thing takes off this is a lot of fun. And then uh, quickly, we've got a couple of. Uh, uh, I'll start wrapping this up in a moment. Uh, we have a couple of uh, classic comedy bits here. A lot of Carol Burnett show releases because it's most people aren't going to want to get everything. So this is the 50th anniversary edition of the best of the Carol Burnett show, and this might be all that most people want. This will keep you laughing endlessly. This is uh, 16 episodes plucked from the 11 seasons of the show and uh, it's just some of the best stuff. Mrs. Wiggins and Eunice and you on and on and on. Great guest stars. Uh, Steve and Edie and Ella Fitzgerald, Rock Hudson, uh, Rita Hayworth. It's, it's just terrific. A lot of great bonus features. Um, it, this will be, I mean, this could be just enough for most people. Uh, 16 episodes, pretty great and some of the funniest stuff ever. And then we also have uh, Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, the complete first season. They've released this as a complete boxed set, which is pretty unwieldy. 
for some people. But if you want to just start buying the uh, individual seasons and kind of you know take it as it comes, this is 14 episodes on four DVDs and still very, very, very funny, despite many of my, meser- my reservations about what this uh, meant for Star Trek at the time. But, uh, yeah, it's a great cast. Did you cast. watch uh, Discovery, Star Trek Discovery? I have not. I just read what... Uh, I saw five minutes. It was terrible. I read what Corey wrote, which is hysterical. Although did you read what Corey wrote? I did. There's a twist at the end that I thought was kind of cool. But, uh, Corey, Corey, Corey said it works a lot better if you pretend that it takes place 100 years after Voyager and not eight years before, uh, before Star Trek, the original series. And if you pretend that Sarek is Spock's uh, long-lost great-grandson and not his estranged father, and if you just cancel your CBS uh, all-access subscription. Oh, well, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Corey, shouting out to you. You're a good man. Uh, let's see. We got... Uh, the let's sun. T- now, the sun oh, is yeah. a, uh, not, not the big ball in the sky, but this is S-O-N. This is the uh, Pierce Brosnan show. It's on AMC. Got picked up for a second season. Nice. Sorry about that. So uh, it's based on a book about this um, about this oil baron guy who lives in Texas, and it's nice to see. You know what? It's nice. Eat your microphone a little bit more, please. Oh, hang on. Yeah. You know what? This stupid tripod thing is uh, not being nice to me today. Um, so I'll just hold the mic. Anyway, so um, it's nice to see Pierce Brosnan do something. Actually, it's nice to see Pierce Brosnan age appropriately. Yes, he's right. He's very handsome, mm-hmm. and he's good, and he's got the whole salt and pepper beard going, and he looks kind of badass now that he's kind of you know Sam being a Sam Elliott guy as opposed to trying to be uh, still trying to be forty five years old. So anyway, so the former uh, James Bond starring in The Sun, ten episodes complete first season on DVD. It got picked up for a second season, so uh, that means it's pretty good. So definitely check this out if you're into that kind of thing. Modern Family season eight thing keeps going. Going and going and going. I don't know who these people are. I've never seen the show. Just letting you know it's out there. Uh, special features include deleted and alternate scenes and a gag reel. Nice. That's Modern Family, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then we've got uh, rounding things out. Mary Higgins Clark, if you like her suspense novels, which are a little bit uh, low brown trashy. But they've made a lot of movies out of them, and uh, we get eight of them on two different Queen of Suspense releases from Mill Creek. Uh, one is a five-film set. The other one is a three-film set. I haven't heard of any of these, but, man, they crank these things out, and people watch them, so uh, go and check them out. Mary Higgins Clark, three films, original television mysteries, and uh, Mary Higgins Clark, five films, television mysteries. And then, lastly, I want to let you know that Vikings Season 4, Volume 2 is out, ten episodes, uh, many of them extended and with uh, formerly deleted scenes that make this even more bloody and graphic. Um, You know, this show has become interesting uh, in the sense that it is, and not that anybody really cares, but they they have introduced um, on Vikings my direct ancestor as a character on the show. No, it's not. It's true. I don't believe you. Uh, I'm descended from the first Duke of Normandy, a uh, Viking named Rollo. Steve Normandy? And uh, they, uh, they they made Rollo a character on the show, which is a little Wait, bit... Wait, no, Rollo is a character on, like, What's Happening, right? Wasn't Rollo... Yeah, that's the one. That's the one I'm descended from. Uh, anyway, uh, which I find weird. I never expected him to sort of enter the public lexicon. But uh, anyway... That said, um, you know, I'm still mixed on Vikings. I like, I like the production value. I think they, they, they really try to force a, a sense of Viking culture that isn't historically accurate. Uh, it feels a, little bit, uh, feels a little bit 
I don't know, kitschy in some sense. But still, they the show has a certain style, and it's got a, a vibe that nothing else has on television, and uh, I give them credit for that. You know, They were able to kind of pave new territory in this time when nothing on television feels fresh and original, and that takes talent. So, uh, you know, despite my reservations, it's still a worthwhile show. And then we get a Firefly 15th Anniversary Collector's Edition, which is, uh, you know... Uh, Fine, I guess. It's it's a beautiful package. It has kind of a leathery-looking thing. It's a custom sleeve on it. And uh, I was never a big fan of Firefly. I know a lot of people are crazy nuts for it. It comes with uh, you know all kinds of collectible doodads inside, including like a little star map. And uh, uh, there's extras, like an audio commentary on certain episodes, and featurettes, and a cast roundtable. Uh, and, uh, you know, but still, you got to love Firefly. And I'm... On the fence about it. So for fans, this is great if you don't already have the, the whole thing. But otherwise, uh, knock yourselves out. All right, Mark, that's it. We're, uh, we're <coughs> excuse me, we are done for this week. Get you next week one more time, and then it's off. Balcony is closed forever. All right, we'll see you guys next week.